<laughs> oh, I'll use my dick and my nose to play a uh, Donkey Konga controller that I'll have wired into my computer. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 196 of Video Games Hot Dog. Indeed. Or is it 197? It's 6 I'm okay, pretty sure. And a half? Split the difference? I'm pretty sure it's 96. 196, going on 197. <laughs> Guys, we're finally back. All in the room except for Riff. Damn it, yeah. Riff. Damn it, Riff. Why didn't you move to San Francisco instead of Portland? Because it costs like 10 win. times the money. <laughs> oh, maybe I should move to Portland. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of where everybody's going. It costs one-tenth the money. Yeah, so get in on the ground floor. I mean, the ground floor is already gone. Now, if you live, if you move yeah, there, you to live have below to live, the ground floor. Yeah, yeah. Riff right. is in the basement, and lots of people are living in little miniature houses in people's back, backyards. A lot of people live in food trucks. There's a real food yeah, truck culture true. there. That's true. If if you're tall enough, can you see the bed at the bottom of the food truck when people are when you're ordering food from it? Mm. The bed is just the grill. It falls in over the grill. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not, nice and warm. It sucks not, in the summer, though. Not yeah, currently a food truck and a and a boat at the same time. Right. Uh, where do uh, ghosts buy their weird hybrid uh, tacos? Boot trucks. Oh. Yeah. Mm. So when they're not going to Taco Bull. <laughs> yep. Taco Ghoul. Taco Bull is just, do you have a taco? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Anyway, uh, guys, guys, it's good to be here again. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily producing a good show. That's true. So far. <laughs> we should, at some point, uh, do a show where we are all together. Yeah. In let's, the go same, to, let's go same to Portland. Space. Let's go on a trip to sure. Portland. You know, easier than that would just be to get rid of Riff. What? <laughs> I knew it. Wow. Gunning for my spot. Yeah, but getting rid of Riff doesn't get us closer to strip clubs. Is that is that what we're do they going to the podcast in the same room and- for? No, apparently there's a real strip club culture in Portland. Uh, a lot of people just live there. At the strip club. In the strip mm-hmm. clubs, yeah. Hanging from the poles. Um, wow. No, seriously, there are a lot of strip clubs in Portland. Like, it's just not a big deal. There doesn't seem to be any sort of stigma attached to, like, the consumption, Frequency. which is weird. How is that a local, like, how does how do the, like... Well, I mean, the city, could just, the city or the state could just have different rules about it, right? Well, right and apparently, but that's not like, going to change the social mores about Maybe going. it does. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin, come on. Mm-hmm. You're not going to claim that, like, legislating things doesn't change the way that people feel about them, right? Like, so, why would anybody have any reason to be an asshole about marijuana if it wasn't legal? But a lot of people are assholes about marijuana. I think that's because of bad 420 jokes. You think? No. See, I would think that would no. be endear- that would be as, as endearing that's, that's to why everyone else as it would be to me. When I'm an asshole about it, that's why I am. I see. But I mean, so it's okay to be an asshole about marijuana because everything about the outward-facing culture of marijuana use is idiotic. <laughs> but uh, so the eh. thing I was surprised about Portland was finding out that it is the whitest large city in America. Oh, interesting. Mm, true like 90%, something like that. Huh. I was surprised to discover you're not allowed to pump your own gas. Yeah, that is weird. Is How's that, that going for you? Is that like, because like New Jersey? Is yeah, New like Jersey that? and Oregon right. are the yeah. two yeah. that are like that. Huh. I just got out at a gas station and started pumping my own gas, and I was like, 
This is weird. None of these interfaces appear to be intended to be user facing. <laughs> yep. Right. And then the guy walked up and I was like, Oh, right. I'm in Oregon. And he said, yep. Get back in your car. <laughs> like, All right. I like got out of my car and, and the, the attendant like sort of started talking. Wow. I, I words tonight. The attendant struck up a conversation. <laughs> the attendant with started me. trying to talk to you, yes. but to no avail. To no avail. And he was like, so uh, is this, uh, you know, fill it up? Is this, uh, cash or charge? And I was like, I thought he was just, you know, Making Being conversation, friendly. yeah. And it was like, like oh, boring, charge. boring I'll conversation. The card and, and the thing here is, I reach for the thing. It's like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Obviously, you don't get what I'm trying to express here. <laughs> it's like when a security guard comes up and says, "May I help you?" Yeah. He's like, "No, I'm fine, dude. Thanks." <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna keep jacking off into this bush. Yeah. You'll leave. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of harshing my buzz, actually. Uh, hmm. <clears throat> So did, was today the first time you'd gotten gas in Oregon? Oh no, this happened uh, on the Driving on the way out and, here. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have not anyway, actually should, had to get gas yet. We should go to Oregon and record. We'd have to buy another thing to record with because Riff Zoom only has two inputs. Oh, true. Interesting. Or we could snuggle up. I'll have to get. Come on, two of us could share one two. mic. Two people can use a mic as cheaply as one. <laughs> That's why. Have we ever shared a, a mic for a show? I don't think not so. Not that I recall. Good. Mm-hmm. Nice. The- <sighs> I went to see Akira in the movie theater. Oh, yeah? That was pretty cool. Uh, was it Akira Knightley or a different Kira? Akira. <laughs> the, the, the Which Kameda! one? Kaneda! <laughs> yes, Tetsuo! that one. Yep. Mm. Kaneda! It's pretty, it's pretty good on the, on the big screen with the big sound system. Oh, uh, yeah. I can imagine. That yeah. sounds awesome. Actually. Did I hallucinate that there's... They were making a live-action Akira. Hmm. I remember that happening. I don't know if I ever... I don't remember. They're making, they're making a live-action Attack on Titan. Oh, okay. really? Yeah. Hmm. Gross. The trailer did not... If you don't know anything about the, the story, it does not give away the, like, central conceit. It just It's just background... Yeah, like the, the weird, the gross, the crazy baby man, muscle guy, peering giants over the with wall. no dicks. Yeah, <laughs> so God, that stuff was gross. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting Attack on Titan spoilers as we speak. <laughs> oh, yeah, a lot of weird, gross, dickless baby mans that are 400 <laughs> feet tall. It's a pretty, it's a pretty interesting show. The the you can watch it for free on Crunchyroll, but. If you do, prepare to be slightly disappointed when the episodes run out and there's no actual plot resolution, because the first season of the show only goes for, like, I don't know, so many volumes of the manga. I don't know if And then they just stopped? Well, well, I guess it was the end of the TV season. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, but it did kind of stop in an awkward place. Wait, is that a problem unique to Crunchyroll, or is that... Attack on Titan in general. No, it's just because the first season doesn't resolve and only the first season is free, right? No, oh, it's I because see. the second season has not been produced yet. Okay, oh. yeah. That, yeah. They, that's what I was getting at. Was like Maybe it's like Netflix where they they can only afford to license the new seasons like a couple of years later mm. or something like that. Well, Crunchyroll has simulcast deals with a lot of the, well, se- at least several of the Japanese TV outlets. So they... They like speed translate the shows and get them out over the internet within a few days of the episode's original release in Japan. 
Wow. That's um, pretty cool. That's actually really smart given yeah. the the culture of uh anime fans who are used to having mm-hmm. to do it themselves and they'll just pirate it because that's how it's they, impossible uh, to buy here. That's also how like, they that's, score that's, a lot of people getting a lot of people to, to buy into the subscriptions, uh, for Crunchyroll because you have to have, you have to have a subscription to get the most recent episode. Otherwise you have to wait a week before it, before it hits the free area. Of okay. The yeah. Wow. So their, their gateway is just one week of patience. One week, that, of, one week of patience and having to watch a commercial before every episode is the penalty for watching for free. Yep. Huh. That seems like a pretty low barrier to Yeah, it freedom. really is. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure people will still figure out a way to complain about it. Hmm. Yeah. Does Crunchyroll have, like, community features? Uh, if it does, I haven't really looked at them. Is it just because you're antisocial or because uh, they're not presented... In an obvious way, uh, the the latter, yeah. You can't fave stuff, and then it'll be like other people who like this also liked. It, I don't know some other weird uh, jerking off stuff. It does have, yeah. It, like if you go through the site, just looking at shows and and marking which ones you want to put in your in your queue but, for <laughs> that comes later. Cloud, come on, yeah. Put in your in your queue for for later to watch later. Then sometimes, yeah, it'll say, hey, you might also like this one. Mm. But uh, I haven't seen any forums or anything like that. Recommendations are tricky. I mean, I like the Netflix recommendation engine in general, except what I'm baffled by is there is no option to be like, show me the the thing that you think I will like the most. Mm. That's just impossible to find. Hmm. You can search by category. You can search by, you know, name and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, because presumably it's coming up with like a measurable value yep. for whether yeah. you yeah. like this or not. Well, the problem, has- the problem with just showing you that thing is that then you'll just know what it is forever. What do you mean? You'll just, you can only look up the most important thing once. Well, yeah, you, you don't you have, watch you, don't, it and then you have no reason to keep coming back. Right. No, you watch it and then you, <laughs> and then there's the next best thing that you would like. Like that, yeah, I think that would be all downhill, man. You well, gotta if you, face yourself. If you watch, <laughs> once you've watched that one thing and rated it. You never it, need to watch anything. No, else, you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll rate it and that will change, change all the, the numbers. Yeah. 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 Okay, fine. So it'll probably to, uh, still end up being the <laughs> the highest number, but it might change. Do you guys want to do some listener's mail? Sure. sure. Oh, right. Sure. Jay writes, do you guys actually enjoy playing the assignments? I know Riff doesn't. Looks like being forced to play a video <laughs> game is like being forced to read a novel for school. It's work. It's, it's not, I never I never really feel like that. Yeah, no. We, I feel like we usually trade off who, who picks the assignment and that person enjoys it and everybody else hates it. That's my experience. <laughs> you guys all hated Master of Magic, except for Jim. You weren't born yet when that. Yeah, I, I would have hated it, though. <laughs> I, I, it's not that, like, I'd say half the time that I don't like a thing, it's at least a little bit because I had to force myself to play it like three hours before the show because I totally <laughs> forgot. Right. Yep. So I try to give everything a fair shake. Uh, there's definitely stuff I don't like, but it's, you know, it's only an hour or two yeah. of my life that I'm never getting back. It definitely doesn't feel like <laughs> plus it 10 bucks. Feel like- I wow. never minded being forced to read stuff in school either. Like, it's reading. It's not that hard. Yeah. Just read it. Like, there is some stuff that is hard to read. Yeah. I remember. But they don't, nothing that they assign to you in like junior high is like, 
It's not like here, read Gravity's Rainbow or Ulysses. Yeah. It's like I had to read there Walden, was, which sucked. Yeah, Walden was really boring. It was like a list of here. Here's a here's a couple of grocery lists. Here's a list of nails and boards that I used to build this out. That sounds, sounds I mean, fucking look, riveting. Looking, was it a list of rivets? Riveting. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Was it? My memory of like reading assignments in grade school was that I was reading this stuff and I was following the story, but I didn't really get any of what was interesting about it. Mm. Like in in almost any case. And looking back on it, like I've gone back to some of that stuff and really enjoyed it, it's, and it was all like, how, who who would expect a twelve year old to get this? Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that is really unfortunate. I think. I wonder sometimes. I mean, I always attribute that kind of thing to my sort of arrested development as just a dork, uh-huh. right? And like, oh, other people do get this. I don't think so. I think I think it is just something that comes with age and experience, and and maybe there are some like young kids that are worldly enough to grok that kind of stuff. But or I maybe like- when the curriculum was set, I mean, people were getting married at 12 and sewing <laughs> soccer balls at <laughs> so, 10. And Sure. <laughs> Marriage is the indicator for whether you can understand uh, the themes in a story. Well, I would it's say... It's just that, a life experience. I would say that, like, oh, yeah. undergoing hardship probably helps you understand themes of hardship in literature, right? Like, yes, there is certainly a, there is a thing where having a lot of bad shit happens to you makes you old beyond your years. Yeah. The other thing, like thinking back on that stuff is that the stuff that I enjoyed about those books as an adult was very rarely the stuff that like the English teacher was talking about. Hmm. Like a lot of those, the, the, the literature that you're assigned is just, it's just hilarious. And you don't, when you read it as a kid, you just don't get it. And apparently neither is the teacher hmm. because <laughs> <laughs> like if, I can you know. think of any con- concrete examples at all? Not off the top of my head. Like Upton Sinclair's the jungle. <laughs> Hilarious. It's just human suffering. Yeah. Uh. I feel like a lot of things are assigned because they are important culture-rearing artifacts and not so much that they are, like, enjoyable to read Yeah, yeah. in a modern I mean, context. I feel like more of what I know about history comes from the... Trying to understand the context of fiction stuff. ...fiction than hmm. yeah. just, right? I mean, like, reading Across Five Aprils or whatever is just sort of... What is that? Uh, it's a Civil War book. Hmm. Um I don't remember. I guess it's like historical. I mean, like Johnny Tremaine, right? Those sort of like Revolutionary War historical fiction about the silversmith whose fingers get burned together into a flipper. Oh, I remember that character. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it in a way, it seems like that's a good way to sort of like make history interesting to kids like tell a story yeah. about some stuff that's going on inside it and then force them to read yeah, that well, story. And that character was like the my age when I read that book if I remember right and so that was probably why I remember like right. some of that I could identify, identify with I remember a teacher reading us all of Roald Dahl's stuff and looking back like that was pretty subversive <laughs> yeah and yeah. kind of surprising and it makes me like that teacher more yeah yeah that was also the teacher who, and I think I've told this story on this podcast before, but when I said, I wish it was 50 minutes later because recess was in 50 minutes, she said, why, Zach? That's just 50 minutes closer to your death. <laughs> I was like, 
damn fifth grade teacher that that's a sick burn yeah <laughs> like did we did we lose ourselves a riff yep well well jim this was your idea you gotta carry which one you gotta carry getting, oh, rid, getting of rid of riff from the podcast oh, yeah. you gotta carry two two pillars yeah, now I, I still can't think of a concrete example but like one of the things i remember reading was you know jonathan swift um and that stuff like i do remember the them talking about the humor but nobody laughed huh and oh like they they they, like recognized that it should be academically funny but then didn't actually like enjoy it or anything yeah yeah and like just like a modest proposal or like other jonathan swift uh, gulliver's travels that sort of thing you know that was the same guy oh yeah yeah um i read gulliver's travels like late in high school and i don't remember it being very funny (laughs) well like one of the things that like I read an annotated version and basically every annotation was like, this is a pop culture reference to this, mm. you know, it's right. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like you, th- th- this is a bad example for what I was talking about before, because it's not something like as an adult, you suddenly start getting because you need to be an adult in, you know, the 18th century. Um. Anyway. Is so, back? so our game is like Jonathan, the modern Jonathan Swift. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Beef says, what's with all the weird fairground noises in the back of episode 195? That was, I think, what was left of all of the oh. weed eater noises oh, after yeah. the noise filter that I applied and Hold then out. notching out the parts that were making Jim sound like a robot. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that was yeah. just the mid-range of a weed eater <laughs> oh. that's cool. yeah um so weed eater m- minus high and low equals fairground mm-hmm. uh, elfin says just got an ipad any game recommendations i have space cam and dream quest so far which are great i i actually uh you you gave us notice of this question this morning so i went and looked at my You're iPad. really opening the kimono riff that's right <laughs> And uh, I, I wrote down the uh, the twelve and a half uh, top games that I have on my iPad. Uh, so let's see. I've got um, for board games. I've got Carcassonne and uh, Elder Sign. Uh, for puzzly type stuff, I've got Hitman Go, uh, Monument Valley, Hero Emblems is basically the only match three game you need, and. Uh, Helsing's Fire HD, presuming that eventually they come out with a patch that will make it work again in OS... Uh, I just disconnected again. I'll just keep talking because I'm recording. Um, then the adventure type stuff is uh, Super Brothers uh, Sword and Sorcery, uh, The Room, Device 6, and Walking Dead. Uh, and then uh, you also want... Hello, I've just been uh, continuing to talk since I'm recording on my end. They told me that's what you were doing, but I talked over you anyway, because I'm a big, 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 big butthole. Should I start over? (laughs) Nope. No, I'll fix it. Well, the last three were uh, Super Hexagon, uh, Papers, Please, which is really good uh, in the iPad implementation. And uh, if you have three other friends with iOS, get Space Team. So I don't know if this person is 
differentiating between iPad and iPhone. Like maybe they had an iPhone and are getting an iPad. But which of those games would you recommend specifically on iPad? Uh, well, Papers, Please is definitely going to be an iPad one, I think. Um, device 6 you could probably do on phone, but I I feel like the text would end up being real small. Yeah, I felt like device 6 was very much intended to be on the phone. Yeah, I played so? it on the phone and had no problem. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Uh, I think most of the rest of these would work either way. Now that you mention it, probably you want the you want the larger space for Carcassonne and Elder Sign. So no Ticket to Ride or uh, Lords of Waterdeep on your board game list. Oh, uh, yeah, those are those are good. They 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 were not um uh they were not good enough that I've kept them on the iPad to the exclusion oh. of other things. Interesting, but I like them. I if I later get another iPad with more space, I would probably put them back on. I would say Hearthstone is. Hmm. Probably the best game that it is possible to play on an eh, iPad. Wow. Eh, it's just a really, really eh. good game. It's a good game, but that's and it. it's I don't way think better it's on the iPad. It's even the best in, yeah. in its own genre. But, oh, are you, are you like going to drop some Soul Forge or some I think, Ascension? I definitely BS? think Soul Forge is better than Hearthstone. Yep. Mm. Interesting. Eh. To each his own, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, there's no point in this arguing about it but no, there's, that, that, that is that my is opinion the, the entire point of this podcast <laughs> is for you to argue about which of those two things is better <laughs> well we've done that argument in the past uh the things i wrote down uh were space miner um so uh, let me let me back this up for a second and say i don't own an ipad so I, all of these are games that i know are available on ipad but i've only ever played on my phone so space miner plants vs zombies 2 uh, just don't ever buy anything, and the game will be great because it'll be the right difficulty. Bad Piggies HD, Pudding Monsters HD, Devil's Attorney, Train Yard, Black Bar, 80 Days, Letterpress, uh, and then I, I also wrote down Helsing's Fire and Hitman Go. Oh, and Tetrabot and Company. If you're if you like puzzle games, Tetrabot and Company is one of the best out there. So yeah, that that was my that was my list. Jim, you hate Apple. Do you have anything to suggest? I can only guess what games are on the iPad. Okay, make some up. <laughs> I mean, I really like uh, Hoplite. That was that's a good one. Okay, Fudge Butler. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, you could probably you could probably play Fallen London on the iPad. Yeah. Okay. Taco Zone. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Taco Zone Two. Colin okay. Mockery's Weekend Adventure. Uh huh. Do they make text adventures for the iPad now? I know for a long time Apple was like no virtual machines. Uh, Frots is on. Frots is yeah. on there. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you could down- you could play Spider and Web by Andrew Plotkin. Sure. Sure. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> you could play Photopia by Adam Kadra. Yeah. Let's. Um. Okay. You could you it- could also visit his blog, uh, uh, Stochastic Planet. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. It really is on an iPad. <laughs> yeah. You could go there. Uh, um, I can't tell whether you guys are making fun of the notion of a tablet or you could, or actually giving good game recommendations. You it's could somewhere just turn it's weird on, blurry ground. I here. mean, you could turn on the, the rear camera, point it at a chessboard, and play chess. You could play GeoGuessr. You have a, oh yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, all the games that are real games that I've mentioned are games I really like. So, okay, you know, and and probably would play well on an iPad. That's true. Yeah, like video chess. 
<laughs> Chess Master 2000. A lot of the ones that YouTube. I made up are fake. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, man. There was Chat a, roulette. I'm going to put in the show notes because I don't remember the name of it. There was a, <laughs> a choose-your-own-adventure game made entirely in a YouTube video with the annotations. Mm. Oh, yeah. I think I... I linked to that on my Twitter, so you probably saw it there. I got, I, I haven't played it yet, but somebody linked me to a Google Doc Choose Your Own Adventure. Oh, yeah. And that, I, I'm curious whether that's, I mean, that's probably also playable. Also, yeah, yeah. Well, cool. You might have to get the Google Doc app for that. Oh, God. Oh, no, another Potts writes. If you could travel back in time and show child you one video game from the future to blow their mind, what would it be? When I was a kid, I think the video game that I just wanted to exist was World of Warcraft. So I don't know if that would be the one Mm. for me or not. I think another, like, I'm I'm sort of cheating here by giving two options. But the other thing that I think probably would have been just, I don't know if life-altering is right, but I think Minecraft would have been the thing that, like, I just got into for years, probably. Yeah, yeah. Minecraft is a really good one. Minecraft would have almost been more comprehensible to kid you because it just looks like the logical extension of what video games looked like. Yeah. And it would make no sense if you thought about it. Like, (laughs) wait a minute, why can it render these, these corners of these blocks, but the blocks themselves are so low? Yeah, it depends on like what age, because you know, so many things would have blown my mind. I mean, Minecraft monitor, Minecraft by itself, though, like Minecraft in a non-multiplayer context is way, way less interesting. But I still would have gotten into it. I think. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, it is weird though because it has all of that culture around it, right? Like. That's true. A lot of you the, can't just show it to yourself. You need to show it to the the whole school. Well, there's there's that, but there's also the like looking up on YouTube how to do how to build some crazy machine that you've been yeah. trying you know trying to figure out how to do for right. hours or whatever. I but did you ever do that? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I no. tried to I tried to build a I mean it's been years since I played, right? So the something that would automatically kill the things that made in the uh, nether that Oh, the you t- Blaze Farm. Blaze Farm, yeah. So, like, I I tried building one on my own, and it was super dangerous and weird. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm just gonna look up how to do this. A friend of mine uh, runs an event called Multiplayer Minecraft Mondays, and I think he's been doing it for years continuously, where he will like just live stream himself and friends playing Minecraft. And his what he keeps doing is like every. Every six months or so, he'll just find a new set of mods huh. and build up like a, a civ- basically a civilization, but like a sustainable, like, uh, just like a, a utopia for using that set of mods. Okay. Um, and so like part of the, part of the trick is like finding the set of mods where that, that process is interesting. Okay. You know, where it makes do they, it... And do they only play during the live streams? Or do they... Will he come back the next week and, like, there's a new building in I'm town? actually not sure. Okay. Um, But, like, just... The, the, I've, I've seen, the, like, the machines he has set up to, like... The, it's the things that automatically mine and combine things together and just build things. It, it's pretty crazy. It's... I don't think it's arguable that Minecraft is really important in this context. I do wonder, though, like... Would it have blown 12-year-old me, like... Well, so because like all I was doing I was mean, playing thirty with Legos. year old me wasn't that 
stoked about it at first blush. Really? Right? You're the one that turned me onto it. Well, sure. I mean, I like, but like, it took a minute. Hmm. I so my answer to this question is just an emphatic Star Wars: The Old Republic. Hmm. Because a kid me is this is the first wow clone he has ever seen and it's fucking star Wars. And that's just awesome. Like everything about that is amazing, which I got to thinking about this. Like everything about star Wars, the old Republic is objectively amazing. The only reason that it is not amazing in its context is because it was a sort of a, incompetent wow clone multi-year too late like because they started cloning it and then you know years of wow progressed while they were programming have you guys been reading raf coster's essays about i read the wrap-up today i did not read any of the earlier ones they're so good they're so good and they are such a good reminder that like the the like utopian star wars galaxies that everybody is so so happy about on the internet and says that oh the the combat update and then the new game experience just ruined everything was like fucking unpopular garbage that even the people who made it didn't like so this is a bunch of design essays about the star wars galaxies game yeah, you worked on yeah yeah and a lot of like just, just it was it, popular basically though, just, right like it just ex- wasn't it as popular totally, enough i don't i don't think that it I mean, it was the it most popular game that Sony had. Was it was it more popular than EverQuest? I don't actually know. I mean, it was... He argues in the final essay that, that it probably had about the same number of players. <clears throat> if you, if you can, if you like are able to factor out the multiple accounts that almost everybody had in EverQuest to have like a merchant account or something, then... <clears throat> he was, I remember him talk, talking to us about how like... By the, by the, the time that we were talking to him, like in 2000 or whatever, 2005, probably, uh, I think it was like 2005 when we talked about this, that the average EverQuest player had five accounts because huh. nobody wanted to let, like, as their friends quit, they didn't want their friends, like, level capped character to, to expire because they might need it mm. in a raid. Oh, does that thing, does that guy get deleted when you unsubscribe? They might have at the time. He at least becomes inactive. So he's yeah. not somebody that you can use if you need a particular class for a particular encounter. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that they would have messed with Star Wars Galaxies as much as they did if it had been a commercially viable product. Like those changes to me felt like desperate sort of death throws hmm. rather than like, hey, let's fuck everything up. And it's just that the community narrative became this, this was amazing, and we all loved it before. But, like, I don't think, like, you know, be a hairdresser in the Star Wars universe was actually a super cool thing that everybody was really excited about. I mean, we we have a similar thing with Kingdom of Loathing with the whole uh, Naughty Sorceress 11 versus 13. Sure. Transition. Do you guys run legacy servers? No. We don't, because that's terrible. Oh, of course, but I I think it would be a very interesting experiment. Yeah. Uh, do, well, do you have is, no? Do you have the capability be, of no, it? It would be impossible to yeah. do now because we don't even use source control. Whoa! Really? You have you have backups of the source code from? Yeah, but not the database structure. Oh. So we'd have to recreate that. Yeah, and that would be tricky. Yeah, that would be. Unless you had like full backups of the server, it would just 
basically be impossible. But I think objectively, the game that would impress kid me the most is, all right, so this is an online role-playing game that you play with your friends. This is what it looks like. It looks awesome. I mean, it just, you know, the graphics are stylized and cool. You know, World of Warcraft would have been the same thing. But I just, I think the Star Wars thing would have excited me way more than generic fantasy Hmm. would have at the time. And just hands down, that's the thing that would have been the most impressive. I wish Riff were still here. We've never had this many dropped calls before. Jim. Hmm. What game would you show baby Jim? I remember like multiple times in my life. I remember like looking at, I was always been a big graphics whore, you know, I remember specifically thinking with like Banjo Kazooie, like, man, if only child me could see this. And, you know, you look at it now and it's like a triangle. Um, I, I honestly think like just whatever the hottest looking thing is now, which I don't even know anymore. Like, is it, is it still crisis? Oh yeah. That'll probably, oh yeah. I'd love G, I would have loved GTA five, especially the open world stuff. Just go, go anywhere, murder people. That fucking gross first person prostitute video. I have not seen that. Oh, weird. Oh God. It is, it is the most like off-puttingly crass thing I have ever seen on a screen. It, so, is it crassness on the part of the developer or the person making the video? Oh, the developer. Okay, like, the yeah. dialogue, the prostitute's dialogue while she is providing services for you is, like, stuff that if it was just, like, in the background of a third-person GTA thing would still be really gross. Yeah. But, like, the the implication of, you, like... Uh, like implication in the criminal sense of the player by having oh. it be in first person just makes it. Oh God! Is is it like weird porn? Yes, it's just stuff? weird, gross porn dialogue that no one would ever say under any circumstances. I I always imagine that act, an actual encounter with a prostitute would really be like that. Although I haven't seen the video, so I'm not sure what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, you should watch it. You should watch the f- first person leaked prostitute sex. It's I don't know, man. I there's like, I like I feel like I am not like a like a puritanical kind of dude when it comes to that stuff. Maybe I am. I feel like no, it's, no, no. My, GTA, my trigger like, for off-putting stuff is maybe a little a little hairier than other people's trigger for off-putting stuff. But it was just like. Jesus Christ, I'm now never going, like, I would have been curious enough to, like, actually say, like, oh, I wonder what happens if I go click on a prostitute in this game, but now I just never will because I saw it and it was so fucking uncomfortably GTA's gross. handling of gender in general is just gross. Um, they also have a mini game where in the strip club where you're getting a lap dance where there's a, there's a mini game where you are, like, trying to put your hands on the stripper but only when the guy whose job it is to make sure you don't do that isn't looking. Is that the funny thing? Is that is, in four? I don't remember. That's that. it, that's in five. five. I've only seen that, but in the context of somebody who modded the game so that you could play as different animals, and so <laughs> he was—I think he was some sort of bird. Okay, and he got caught, and they threw him out as a bird. <laughs> it was like a, like, like, I don't know, a, like a, a puff like a of feathers. Duck. Yeah, it was it was amazing. That it sounds was really, really good. It was really uh, like. 
what, seeing well seeing the wings trying to touch the prostitute was kind of funny yeah, and then like yeah you know get your hands off her or whatever and then like that's just, amazing yeah like well the 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 in-world justification for this is like all the pro all the strippers actually secretly want you and like when you wow. fill up the meter they go you like you go home with go home with them or they go home with you depending on who it is that is just some insane wish fulfillment on- yeah and it's it's like it's all only if only the bouncer weren't here we right. could be together Jesus. <laughs> it's yeah and riff what yeah. gross stripper game would you send to baby riff <laughs> <laughs> uh world of warcraft was was my guess actually uh, but uh, I think Minecraft is also a good choice. Most of the games. So that- that's the game that you would send back to baby Kevin. What game would you send back <laughs> to baby Riff? Uh, what, what? I can't send the same game to me just because he's picked it. That's not fair. You need to send it to multiple players anyway for the multiplayer to that's work. Right. That's true. I tried to think of like what would be the next evolutionary step of the the Infocom and. Uh, and and uh, Lucas Arts games that I was playing at the time, but I couldn't really come up with anything. That's because we've stopped game making those games. Yeah, I guess maybe like Walking Dead would would have. But been as a pretty kid, I don't know. But yeah, not as a yeah. What what what's the kids' version of? Does Telltale have a maybe? I mean, a, they have like a Wallace and Gromit. They're, they're making game, a Minecraft right? game. Yeah. Sure. You know, there's no reason that can't be good. No, but. It's still hilarious. It's a weird IP. Yeah. For a, it seems like for a it seems game. it just seems exploitative, right? Because it's they're gonna have to make up a, a bunch of story, right? Because there's just there isn't any in yeah, but you have to. I mean, it's the, like taking a thing that's not story driven and making a story. I mean, they yeah, had to make I mean, up a bunch of story for the Lego Movie. That didn't mean it was exploitative. Yeah. And they right? had, they had, probably was they a little bit. Up, they had to make up new stories for the Sam and Max games they made, and so on. Like that story could have been anything, right? It didn't have to be Legos, and it would have been good. But the fact that it started as a Lego thing, like, how do I put it? it we were fortunate that the Lego movie was good, right? Because it could have just been garbage. And then I think we would have felt okay saying that it was an exploitative piece of crap because it was just trying to prey on kids who liked Lego to go see the right. no, it's my an only exploitative is, good movie. My only argument yeah. is that the Minecraft movie doesn't have to be exploitative. It can be a good thing in that context. There's no reason that you can't make a good movie in any context, right? Sure. God damn it. Keep <clears throat> moving all the fucking furniture around. And it's my fault <laughs> for kicking it over and over again. So I'm only angry at myself, guys. <laughs> Have you guys played any video games? Um, I played several this week. Does anyone remember video games? <laughs> oh, for the days. How I long. The Halcyon days. Yes. <laughs> of Hal Laboratories. <laughs> I finished Grow Home. Oh, yeah? Okay. Every time it- you mention that, I... It, I think of the the iMaze guy who does those grow games. The grow games, Flash, yeah, those yeah. are good. No, it's a combination of that and Gone and Home. Gone Home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it actually Grown kind of feels Home. Like, it's the zombie version of Gone Home. <laughs> it it kind of does feel like the grow games a little bit. Like it's it's sort of like the same like let's do this and see what happens sort of feeling. Mm. Um. So like my first play set, I I finished Grow Home in two play sessions. The first of which was really like, here's a bunch of cool stuff that I get to discover and, um, and just 
finding, no, like kind of just discovering what the game is. And the second half was like pretty drudge worky. Hmm. Like, I don't know if I did it wrong, but like the second half is where like the, the climbing mechanic really started to grade on me. It's just really tedious. Um, tedious that like you would make progress and then fall back down and that sort of again. thing. Yeah. 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 Like the, yeah. the, the teleporters, like the checkpoints effectively started getting further and further apart. And hmm. yeah. Anyway, I, uh, I still recommend it, but like maybe stop after the first half of the game. Or, like, stop when you feel like it's getting boring. Um, I played it for, like, 15 minutes, and I was like, this is delightful. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I recommend, like, the first four hours of that game. I never went back to it. No reason. And I uh, I played, um, I started playing Majora's Mask. Hmm. Oh, wow. So I, I, I talked about this, about how, like, I hated it as a kid, but I would play it again. Because. Because time rewinds that way. I mean, just, okay, just because I wanted to know, like, I, I I didn't like it back then, but would second. I still Where, not didn't like it? Come out, weren't you like 22 or 23 when it came out? What year was that? I think I would say that that game came out in like 2001 or 2002. I, I might have been in my 20s. Yeah. Okay. So, the 20s are still, you're still a kid. When I, you're, uh, but I you wouldn't like, say when I was a kid. About, I mean, yeah, you were. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm probably I, drunk I, as I thought, fuck. I see the point you're making. I was making, sending World of Warcraft still... back to myself when I was 25, so I don't know what you're oh, talking uh, about. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I see the point you're making, but I still feel like that was when I was a kid, comparatively. Like, that was uh, okay. still when I, like, didn't really have a job, and still when I was like, this game is better because I. But, Lasted for more hours, right? But you wouldn't say if somebody with a like a twenty four year old girlfriend that he fucks kids. Right? I might say that. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> huh. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're going to get some people in trouble, Jim. Okay, all right. So um, you, anyway, Majora's Mask. Are you playing this on 3ds? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the one with the. No, I'm thinking about fucking kids. Thanks, Time Zach. Moon. Time, time Moon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's all right, kids. We're all going to die in like an hour. It's true. Just come on over. It's true. None of this will have happened. <laughs> you won't remember a thing. Um, I, uh, so I didn't like it back in the day. I'll say that instead. Um, because <laughs> I, I wanted another Zelda game, like another, I just played Ocarina of Time and I really liked it and I wanted another game like that. And, and this um, is not that. This is not that. Huh. And nowadays, the last thing I wanted is another traditional Zelda game because I've like, pl- I've I don't know they they're not even that frequent. Like they come out like every five years, but the past few ones I've played, like I think I finished Twilight Princess. Um, but like I like I was, I've just I've just really been getting sick of that series because it's the same thing every time, and it's the same like increasingly irritating thing. Is increasingly handholding. Did you play A Link Between Worlds? Yes, that was actually really good. Yeah, I liked that one a lot. Um, and that's that. That game is actually why I'm going to give the Wii U Zelda a chance because I want to know like, are they learning things from this? Um, is that even a real thing? Is that announced? They've shown video footage, have they? Yeah, they've talked about it. Yeah, no, it's a thing. It's probably not a thing that's coming soon. But 
I was I was trying to figure out whether I believe that I will ever buy another game console or not, and I am really beginning to think that I might not ever buy another game I console. I think that's a pretty reasonable stance to take. Wow. I had not really owned a game console since a Nintendo and have been really, really liking having a PS3 yeah. that I can use to, like... Like so, play some games and mostly watch movies. Like on, in right? in 2007, PC gaming was really bad. Like that was probably the 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 um the low point in terms of like user experience, where like PC games tended to be bad ports of console games. Hmm. Um, and so like if you wanted to no know bullshit, I'm just going to play some games now and have fun. If you wanted that experience, you wanted to go to a console. Um. These days, it's really like the no bullshit experience is on the PC. Hmm. Uh, I really do think, like, uh, unless that changes around again, which it may well, um, I really do think, like, yeah, just just play PC games. If you're not like, if you're not the kind of person who, like, if you don't really want something that's only on a console, like, if you want a Mario game, which I do, you have to buy a Nintendo console. Sure, so sure, do that. There's a handful of titles that are PlayStation only that. Yeah, like I also really want to play Bloodborne. And that's yeah. PS4 only, and it's, they say it's not coming to PC, so do that, sure. Um, but if you're not a sucker like me, yeah, just play PC games. And it's not even that expensive anymore, either. Like, in 2007, I remember it, like, uh, the, an Xbox was, like, $350, and the equivalent PC would have been probably at least twice that. So, yeah, PC gaming. Yeah, that's what I think I'm into these days. Oh, and my phone. Yeah, you know, I'll phone play a, gaming, sure. I'll play a game on a phone. Sure. You could probably plug a controller into that if you really feel like it. Yeah. Well, you, you can plug a controller into your Android weird thing. Oh, right. They probably don't let you plug Did a you controller into the, Apple Did you see the... There was a, a video... A, a, not a video, but a picture of like... I don't know. I forget if it was like a, a patent illustration. Oh, the Game Boy with the iPhone in it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was it, like apparently was an, an April, April Fool's, Fool's joke, joke, but it was so well received that they announced that they were going to start making it. Yeah. That also might be an April Fool's joke. <laughs> yeah. Is April 2nd a like second, second shittier order, joke second day? Second order meta joke. <laughs> oh, man. Leftover joke day. Yeah, so Majora's Mask. Um I don't actually have that much to say about it because I'm not that far into it, but I'm just really enjoying, like, there's a little bit of familiarity there because it's reusing, like, a lot of the same assets and tropes but as from Zelda, but I just really enjoy, like, not knowing what's going on. I'm really, like, into, like, oh, I don't know what is going to, exactly what is going to happen next, which I do know with any other Zelda game. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember finding the UI at least in the time as a young man, uh, finding the UI for like the weird journal thing that you eventually have to use to start keeping track of all of the stuff that you're trying to accomplish sort of intimidating because it was like, here's all the shit you're going to have to keep track of. If you want to understand what the fuck is going on here. And I was just, I just remember thinking like, I don't actually want to, I don't want to play a game where I'm keeping track of where 40, dipshits are at the same time. One thing that I've always hated about Zelda games is the characterization of NPCs. Like, it just seems to be like 30 or 40 different flavors of obnoxious dipshit. 
I think that's just Japan. <laughs> you I think? think like that's just like <laughs> they they characterize like everybody they know in like all the personality types. Oh, and, and in Japan, that's not considered dipshit. That's just like people. Huh. That's my theory, anyway. <laughs> huh. That's your racist theory. Oh, it's different cultures, man. Okay. So, Japan, the island of dipshits. <laughs> you heard it here. I think maybe he thinks of dip, dip switches mm. when, you, when he hears the word dipshit. I definitely do. I changed some dip switches on my Miss Pac-Man to set it to free-to-play. Nice. I switched from dip pins to dip pens. Fuck you, Riff. <laughs> I switched from fun dip to to agony dip. Um, just like oh, a little pouch dip. of broken glass that I've, you dip a bar of soap in and then lick it. I've never been happier to just be completely pun blind. I have no idea what you guys are saying, and it's great. No, I was... I, I was <laughs> Saying that because I have a hard time distinguishing between different sounds. Dipshit and dip yeah. switch. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Did did when you when you got in trouble as a kid? Did your dad tell you to go out to the pond and cut a shit? <laughs> no. Is that a thing that fathers would do to sons? Uh, go, yeah, go you'd have to go switch. out and cut a switch. Because you yeah. knew it was going to be the thing that was going to hit you? Wouldn't you just choose the thing that was going to hurt the least? There wasn't really a good solution. I mean, the point was to, the point was to give you some time to think about what you had done. Huh. And if you if you did choose one... You just, you, the answer was to run the fuck away and never look back. <laughs> the punishment... Yo, right, sure, because like, you could probably get a job and feed yourself. Yeah. You'll probably be fine. You don't actually owe that dude anything. You, I mean, you could become an app developer at age twelve these days. I guess right? you can. So. I guess you can. You just go out to the to the rural app farm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the point yeah, of the punishment sorry. was the disappointment, not the actual corporal punishment. The, the, the disappointment in the particular shit you chose to cut. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. I guess not everybody had a pond. No. I would often come back having cut a frog. Okay. <laughs> like, you're like it's gonna jump away before you can hit me with it. Is that a I fetish thing? You. Just like you hit me in the ass with this. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, it cer- it wasn't then, but it certainly became one. Uh-huh. Over time. Yeah, what if what if you were like a masochist? You're like getting in trouble, and you're like, all right, now I get to choose the most painful yeah. thing. Yeah. Did just bring back a nail bat? Oh, it was in the ground next to the pond. I don't know. <laughs> oh, son, I'm so proud of you. Ah, <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah. Kevin, have uh, you? I have played, played some video games. Uh, so I played uh, this game called Melter, uh, which I heard about on, from an article on Offworld, which I don't know if we've talked about uh, at all. Um, it's the, I guess it's been around for a while, but it was taken over by Lee Alexander and uh, Laura Hudson. Um, they're like writing all the articles for it. And it's like this offshoot of, it's like a sub subsection of Boing Boing that does like articles about video games from a sort of interesting set of perspectives. Um, anyway, they talked about Melter, uh, which was a Ludum Dare game, uh, Ludum Dare 32. And it was weird, but very good. Um, you're, it's like a side scrolling platformer kind of game. Uh, and you have, you can move around and jump. Um, and you have a weapon that, alternate shots between sort of creating platforms and sending out these sort of like acid pellets that melt platforms. 
and you have to traverse the space and avoid enemies and you can't kill the enemies. So you have to just like get to the end goal, sort of carefully creating platforms that, that will, that melt after a little bit of time or melting existing platforms. Um, and just made in flash. Um, it was, it's relatively simple, but, but quite fun. Um, then I played a couple of iOS games. Oh, wow. You know, somebody in the forums, I, th- I think it might have been Doglord420, uh-huh. was complaining about the design of the website offworld.com. Uh-huh. And I looked at it and I was like, wow, he's right. This is fucking terrible. Like, it just makes no sense at all. But now I'm looking at it on, a we- on an iPad and uh-huh. it looks great on an iPad. Huh. So I think that maybe the problem is that it's just over-optimized for mobile, for mobile. browsing. Interesting. I One of the things about modern web design is that web designers don't respect scroll bars anymore. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and that's really irritating to me as a Windows user, but like all designers use Macs and all actual, like all end users other than me use phones. <laughs> so I kind of get it, but it is really irritating to me. Like the, the infinite scrolling thing means the scroll bar is like, I'm trying to scroll down and suddenly like it jumps up and it stuff. jumps up. And then like, but then I'm, since I keep moving the mouse down, it just snaps to the bottom again and triggers this. Do you, you don't use a scroll wheel on a mouse? Uh, sometimes I do, but a lot of the time I just... You just actually grab it? Yeah. Ah. Infinite scrolling is bad for all of the reasons that people say that frames are bad, uh-huh. but are not... Like, frames are not actually bad in that way. <laughs> the fucking fancy-looking infinite scrolling is bad in that way. Where just dynamically loads content down yeah. at the bottom of the page. Because you will Maybe. go somewhere and then hit back and not go back to where you were. Because who the fuck knows where you were? You yeah. were at a thing that has been created via JavaScript. Yeah, that's true. For an hour of you scrolling down. Yeah. Um, but iOS games. Anyway, that's Melter. Yeah, that was Melter. Um, <laughs> oh, and previously we talked about Majora's Mask. Fuck and you, the web. Melter is free to play browser-based Flash game. All right. Uh, does not commute, which is a really funny name for a game. Um, have I you guys bought that, I bought that but haven't played it. It's good. It's not. It's free. Oh. Uh, but there's an in-app purchase to enable the ability to actually get make any progress in the game, basically. Um, which, basically, I feel like what the game is, is it like it's just a demo when you download it because you will get to a point where you can't progress anymore unless you are insanely good at it. And... Uh, buying it lets you like actually like sort of have checkpoints where you can save temporal save progress and improve your your, your progress. But the way the, what the ga- what that game is is it's sort of a cross between a top down driving game and uh, one of those like ghost racing games where you like when you play through the game and then you play through it again and you see your previous ghost playthrough. Right. Except each of those playthroughs is a different car with different sort of driving capabilities and handling and that kind of thing uh and you are not you're trying to not collide with it on each subsequent race through so it gets more and more complicated over time uh and then that all is sandwiched in this or not sandwiched it's sort of like encapsulated in this really pleasant um sort of framework of narrative little narrative bits that are just funny and and good like it's just it is like a really solid good complete package and i i can definitely recommend it as as a good game because it's got a little bit of like a little bit of like dexterity challenge a little bit of puzzly challenge um strategy 
uh, and it's just got entertaining writing and stuff. I'm, I'm really into the time loop idea. Yeah. Um, there's a text adventure called All Things Devours, um, which is based on that idea where, like, you're trying to solve a pretty tight timing puzzle by sending yourself back in time over and over again. Okay. And you have to be sure never to interact with yourself and never to cause a paradox. Oh, wow. It's actually, it's really well done. It's like, I don't know. It's one of those text adventures that is very much about the puzzle and very much not about the writing. Um, okay. Did you ever play rematch? No. Mm. That is a one move text adventure that you have to figure out how it works because everything you do at start at the start just ends the game. Oh yeah. And yeah. you slowly like by trying different through, things through you player knowledge that yeah. changes. Yeah. I like that idea. Well, that's that's similar to Isle. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I've not played that one. Isle is uh, it's the same thing except there's no winning or losing. It's just like you get one move, and it tells you what happens. Oh, okay. And it's just a really exhaustive uh, implementation of everything you might want to do in that situation. Huh. I kind of like I like that too. Yeah, that's interesting. Rematch yeah. works through having. They they modded the parser or whatever so that it could handle a lot of really elaborate clauses. So yeah. you can pack <laughs> a lot of stuff into one move. Oh, Are you talking about rematch? Yeah, yeah, that one that one phrase that you end up that is like the winning phrase is pretty complicated. Okay, yeah. Um was that Andrew Plotkin? I don't think so. I don't think I don't, so. I don't think so. I think maybe rematch was by somebody who d- had not made anything else. No. Oh, interesting. Uh, and then the other iOS game that I played that I just sort of downloaded on a whim because uh, I saw it on the like top apps thing was Super Muzzle Flash. Uh, it is an interesting idea. It is a, like a little shooting gallery. So it's like, you know, you tap to shoot something that's like moving across the screen, but you can only see something if you have recently fired a shot. So mm. like that's what the the muzzle flash bit come comes in, and so it it sort of encourages this relatively frenetic pace, so you can sort of always see what's going on, and if you get outside of that, you're just blind and you have to guess. I played this. Someone showed me it. The developer showed oh. me this at um at GDC. Okay. Uh, I didn't realize what you were talking about until you described the gameplay, and I thought it was really interesting. Like. It's not that you want to go fast because if you miss once right. you lose. You want exactly. You have to go at a very steady You want to go at the pace. right at the right pace. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, the pace yeah. that is good for you and also like at the pace that things are sort of arriving on the screen so that you always have something to hit. Yeah. But it's it's relatively sort of straightforward and there's not much to it, but it's I found it really kind of addicting. Yeah. Um and and just fun. Like just sort of very very primal. Uh, and it's in sort of the the triggers that it has, and then I played uh, because I guess Crypt of the Necrodancer came out for real. I, um, I played oh, yeah. some of that and really really enjoyed it. The, I played through the story as Cadence and then as Melody, um, and then just like there's three sort of story main story characters, and Arya is the last one. And Arya is just so fucking hard that I cannot, I just can't What's beat the game as her. So. As Arya, you can only ever use the starting dagger. You only ever have half a heart. So if you hit, if anything hits you, you die. You can't ever get more health. And uh, if you miss a single beat, you die. Whoa. Whoa. 
Yeah. So it's just I like one of those things always kills me within the first three or four levels, and I just I just cannot make any serious progress with her. I'm impressed that you've got that far. Yeah. Oh, so uh, rematch was made by a person named Andrew Pontius. Oh, uh, okay. Who only I can see why I might have been confused. Credited <laughs> with making rematch and then a 1996 Tad's game called Small. Also, rematch was written in Tad's. Okay. Sorry, oh. it was called Small World. Okay. Uh, oh, I remember that. It was the fourth place in the IF comp of 1996. Huh. Interesting. Which, 96 might have been the first IF comp that I became aware of. Yeah, I think I just that was start paying attention to like 99 Usenet or Right, yeah. Era for me. When I was a kid. Interesting. Right. I guess I was... I was, I was 96, my, 96 I was is a valid kid Yeah, age. I was in my teens <laughs> in 1996 <laughs> for part of it. Uh... Yeah, so that's all I've been playing. Did Riff go? Uh, I've not. Uh, I haven't played much, but I got through the uh, the block that I was suffering in uh, La Mulana. Oh, thank God! Yes, thank yeah, we goodness. we were all rooting for you. I, I did learn a a game design tip in in the process, which was that if your if if your game has a lot of different elements, like graphical elements or models or what have you, tiles, um. And you're modifying those to fit in with you're you're modifying the game elements to fit in with the theme of the background in that particular area. You need to do so without making these game elements look like nothing anymore. Right. The the particular example was that if you've got if you've got like a cavern area and you put a ladder in it and you want to make it look like the ladder belongs in this cavern so you have it coming up out of a crack in the ground and there's there's rubble come all around it and stuff like that you need to make sure that in the process you haven't made this ladder look like it's blocked and inaccessible to the player because yeah, then what happens is... is the player assumes that that ladder cannot be climbed and goes and bashes their head on other walls in the game for 12 hours before they eventually come back and discover you can just climb right down that ladder, which sucks. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a, an art design problem. And it, it's this is one of the things that, like, like, games will always have incidental detail, right? Um and it's very important, like through art style, through art style or other cues, to make make the distinction between foreground and background. Yeah. One of the things that um, we were just talking about text adventures, and one of the things I forget who pointed this out, uh, but apparently, like autistic people really like text adventures because uh, it simulates for them what being neurotypical must be like, in that you can. In a text adventure, you look around the room and only see the important things. Hmm. And you don't see the visual noise of every single object in the room. That's interesting. Huh. Because I feel like a lot of the challenge of a text adventure is distinguishing between yeah, figuring out the descriptive stuff and the and the important. relevant stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I guess... It sometimes is, but... If, like, even even when there's a bunch of stuff in a room in a text adventure, it's never, like, the sheer number of objects sure. that you deal it's with. It's never, like, an life. overwhelming amount of text to deal with the way that I can imagine an overwhelming amount of visual input. Like, just any time you have your eyes open, yeah. there is an overwhelming amount of visual input if you're right, looking right. at Right, right. And, and so much of your brain power is dedicated to, like, figuring out what to ignore. 
Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> ah, boy, this is the awkward silence episode. Yay. <laughs> oh, I also played some Vectrex games. Oh, yeah? At the Maid. Um, did you have a Vectrex at at Zapcon? No, but uh, I met a man who has a Vectrex right. and was talking about bringing it to next year's Zapcon so that there could be a, a Vectrex mini lounge at the <laughs> at the Atari and NES lounge. Yeah, yeah. There's a Vectrex, Vectrex app for iPad. I haven't played with it much, though. Is it an emulator? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the Vectrex is a, a game console from 1982 um that has a a built-in vector monitor um and so it has a very distinctive look to it in that like you you can't get this look at home with a CRT TV because it, it's it has extremely sharp lines mm-hmm. um like like a like an asteroids cabinet or if you if you've seen one of those yeah, or um right uh and and it ha- it lends itself to a very specific look. Like, for example, most of the Vectrex games I played used, like, the... They did this thing where the, the play field would just zoom zoom in from a point. Uh, like, analogous to, like, the the trick that you see on the SNES where things, like, get more pixelated until the, the screen is just, like, a, a covered with pixels and then they they get higher resolution again until you can see the full screen again. I don't know if I was, I don't know if I explained that well enough that anybody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, like they'll sometimes render something to a mode seven texture and then zoom that. Yeah. Or right? that's something like that. Like that's, it's just one of the, the things that the hardware lends itself to really well. Um, but one of the, You're pro- just like changing the origin and the size of the screen is the exact same operation as anything else on a vector monitor. Right. Yes. Um, um uh, and one of the, problems with vectrex art is that if you if you're drawing too much it flickers really badly i can imagine yeah because <clears throat> it's just got the one gun right yeah yeah, yeah. or do they make vector monitors that have more than one gun i don't know yeah um and i don't know if that's just like maybe they could have treated the monitor like the like a, done a chemical treatment on the inside of the monitor to increase the, like the persistence of vision did you see the doom Played on its an oscilloscope. I <laughs> know <laughs> it's pretty good. That's, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, you should you should look that up if you can remember. Well, you will because you'll, you'll see, listen to this for the show notes. Uh, yeah, yeah, look, yeah, look up Doom Doom on an oscilloscope is impressive. You okay. know that I don't I don't think that they make a monitor with more than one gun, but like a television, right? A, a non-vector television, the gun is oscillating at a fixed rate, right? Like you've just yeah. got you've just got a couple of square waves or or sine waves bending it in either direction. Well, it's just it is just right? literally scanning right, right, but scanning all, like 30 times a second or 60 right. times a second whereas whereas speed, a vector gun is just going wherever the code tells it to go. Right. Right. So how did they the do- amount like the amount of stuff you can draw on a screen on a normal CRT is is fixed, right? And it is however however quickly you can change the color information that's going to the gun whereas the the gun on a vector monitor is just drawing like a pen so the further away the points are the longer it takes to draw them right. which is not true on a scanning CRT 
yeah. monitor. So, well, but it's like it up until a point, it is faster than persistence of vision, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that point is variable depending on like the composition of the image, exactly. In a way yeah. that is not true with any other mode of display, well, because they set the speed of a TV display based on persistence of vision, right? So, like that was decided in advance. How did they do, do you know what I mean? um, vector games with more than one color, like that Star Wars um, game? I would assume that was multiple guns. Is that multiple? But guns? I don't know if that's true. I don't know though, because that's not how. Well, how do they do multiple colors on a, on a color TV? The gun just hits different, different fonts. Like there's different. Okay. There's yeah. different little bits of the screen. Like if you get up close to an old TV, like you can see the kind of honeycomb of RGB cells, right? So. I am guessing that it's fixed points that are different colors oh, I guess that's, on the actual huh. screen, and it's still only one gun. Hmm. Interesting. That sounds like it would look really ugly. Well, I mean, you could say the same thing about a television, and that's well, fine. Well, yes, but as compared to, like... Like, the, it wouldn't be a contiguous... It wouldn't be contiguous lines. Yeah, yeah, because it's compared to the crispness of a, uh, a traditional vector display. I think it's possible that also... Uh, you have to be doing drugs to see multiple colors. I mean, I also don't know if you can have multiple guns because there's just that ring of magnets that right. bends the... Ele- so, I mean, you could stagger them, I guess. Oh, man. that Well, that probably wouldn't improve Right, but anything. that doesn't... Yeah. No, now I'm really curious. I mean, I own a multicolor vector arcade game. I could just <laughs> open it up, up and see. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could just That might be this. a one-way operation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You mean you die afterwards? Yeah. <laughs> or during? Yeah, you could. Yeah. Uh, one thing they did do was they, all the games have like overlays that you place on top of the screen. Oh yeah. And some of those are better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them kind of cover important stuff hmm. depending on your viewing angle. Okay. Um, there was a pinball game that I was actually really impressed by, except I just couldn't look at it because <laughs> there, there was just too much shit. Like, and, the, and it was it was the flickeriest game. Hmm. Of all of the ones I played. Um, I guess there's a lot of sort of quasi-static elements of a play field. Right. And it, it, oh man, they could have, I wonder if there was like a policy that you couldn't just put all that stuff on the overlay. On the overlay, yeah. Because every game was playable without it, without the overlay. Oh, huh. Um, yeah, so if it just knew there were things to bounce off of. I mean, it would have to be lined up exactly right. Yeah, that's I guess. true. I mean, but but it's not like that would not be a big. Deal. It's not like it's it's you have to fit on any any of a, a thousand different TVs because there's only the one display, consistent display. Did you guys ever have? This suddenly doesn't make any sense because this seems like a weird thing to try to design. But I had as a kid a set of Disney themed etch a sketch overlays. That were like hmm. games. They would turn an etch a sketch no. into these little Whoa. like maze games. That's kind of cool. I've never heard of that. A maze on an when you hit the wall, huh? does it scream at you? And yeah, show a horrifying face. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like it's just sort of bad, bad, right? Like it's <laughs> right. it's like this becomes a weird game with no sort of feedback or right. You can totally cheat if you want. <laughs> I like. <laughs> I try to. I'm, I remember trying to make diagonal lines reliably on Etch a Sketch, and just getting so frustrated. Yeah, and they just yeah. get all. You start to look like stuff you're drawing with your left hand. Curves, right. circles. Right. That's a real <sighs> skill. Now I kind of want to get an Etch a Sketch and a couple stepper motors, <laughs> and like use it. Use those to like make beautiful rendered Etch a Sketch drawings. 
I bet. Let's do I it. I bet there's yeah. video of people drawing amazing Doing that things. Exact thing. Yeah, on YouTube. Oh man, I got a, I got a, a drone. I got a quad. I got a quadcopter. Oh, like recently? Yeah, yeah. We we took it on its maiden voyage today, but. You smash 15 it feet with up a in the air and then and then back down. Yeah, tiny. Yeah, one of those airline <laughs> like bottles bat. of champagne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we're gonna borrow a GoPro. We're gonna take some oh, videos you, of us annoying the neighbors. Did you ask? Did you ask? I did. Borrow one? It's good. Yeah. Um, the one, the one sort of practical use we've thought of using it for right now is uh, doing like a flyover at Zapcon to like while people are playing. I'm I'm worried that it will be loud enough to be a distraction for, from all the people that are actually I mean like, certainly all the bright LEDs will be a distraction and yeah. I just don't know if uh, oh man Did I don't know if they're going to let us do that Who's Did you guys see the video? we're the ones running the event <laughs> the, con- the convention center <laughs> they're not in charge anymore okay well next year Zapcon will feature Blood Sports Arena <laughs> <laughs> apparently there's the no law because we're in charge of Clickhole attaching a GoPro to a sparrow. No. no. It was just a video of a sparrow trying to get up and falling over over oh. and over again. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> it was first person, though, so it probably wasn't really the... Oh, anyway. uh, okay. Right. <laughs> That's even better. Yeah. Right. Clickhole is uh, so good. <laughs> I, I'm really impressed by Clickhole. It's just consistently they're, some they're of the so, funniest like stuff. They literally have... This infinite deep well of stuff to parrot. Yeah, and it's yeah. stuff that, like, like that's been there forever for people to mine, and no one's really done it properly. Forever, it's like three or four years. Well, that's, that's forever in internet time. <laughs> okay, fine. Their choose your own adventures are hilarious. Yeah. Boy, boy, do I not agree with you. Really? Like, I. <laughs> About Clickhole? I just can't. About the quality I mean, of Clickhole? Uh, so, so, Clickhole, like The Onion, like, you can engage with it on it, like, oh, that headline is funny yeah. or whatever. And every once in a while, they will have something that is, like, bite sized enough to work as a joke. But those Choose Your Own Adventures, man, I just, uh, like, f- I can't deal with it. I've not seen it. I, can- I cannot handle, like, the. It's like that thing where, and we're guilty of this sometimes in Kingdom of Loathing, where it's like, hey, we're going to make fun of this lame thing that video games do by making you do this lame thing in our video game. And the, like, every click is another page load with a bunch more ads. Like, fuck you. Like, you don't get to say, ha 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 it's a joke, except we're still getting paid. Like, fuck you. No. I'm not going to, like, wait for the page to load and go through this entire thing just because the content is compelling because I don't actually think the content is all that compelling. Like, things where it's like a list of five things that might be interesting. Here's number one, I guess, obscured in a billion fucking advertisements. Which of these things can you click to go to number two? Who the fuck knows? Uh, I've never seen a single article on there that wasn't all on one page. Really? Because yeah. the Choose Your Own Adventures certainly well, Except aren't. for the Choose Your Own Adventures, but the regular well, articles are all on one page. No, like, so that's fine. The lists are all on a page. Right. Uh, the li- those lists are... I'm talking about actual, like, BuzzFeed-style stuff, like, just the bullshit that they do to increase the number of page views, and Clickhole doesn't get to do that as a joke. I think our experience may be different because I have Adblock installed. Yeah, that's probably no, true. That might be it. Sorry that you hate content creators. That's true. 
You know, do you do you consider BuzzFeed a content creator? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, probably. Okay. I mean, it's it's a fair question. I mean, because they write original stuff for it, right? I mean, they 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 do. Yeah. So it's not it like it's not like just a content aggregator. Why is a headline a teaser headline in the form of in things about X so much more psychologically compelling than just a factual statement? Oh. Like you don't. This is not something that you, was covered in your undergrad psychology degree. <laughs> I wonder if it's just like a concrete number makes it seem more valid, like or more like, or more like if believable. it's just a single factual statement that's you're getting one fact. But if it's or, a fifteen or things about, about, then you're getting well, right. I mean, that seems like a thing that you any. could. Like, oh, if this is going to be fifteen things, each one of them is not going to be that hard to understand. I can handle that. Okay, right. As opposed to I, here's here's the New Yorker's nuanced take on this political thing, as opposed to like fifteen pictures that will make Ferguson okay. Have I want to see if they have collected metric data for the most popular number to put of things to put on a list? Mm. Because you know, that, somebody's got to have that somewhere. Something that I thought was people interesting. will get sick of the certain numbers, and it'll change. Yeah. One other thing that I learned about in that in that uh, uh, trust me I'm lying book about the social media and internet marketing manipulator guy that photo set of like decaying buildings in Detroit that got spread around a few months ago was like a year and a half old. It did not go viral until someone took the subset of the photos out of it that didn't have, like, sad, poor people in it. Hmm. And then that got shared everywhere and became this crazy popular thing. Wait, so the one that got popular was the one without the people? Yes. Okay. When they they did one that was just, here's a bunch of cool abandoned buildings, like some Mad Max shit that you'll think is cool, that got popular and got spread around like crazy. Whereas the, like, one was like, here's some fucking urban blight and some people whose lives are affected by it and make you depressed yeah like, so anyway I, I thought that was interesting maybe it's a lie who knows you can't trust that guy he's lying it says so right in the title so i agree with you about the onion i feel like their headlines are hilarious and then the articles are never worth reading um there, that is there are some rare exceptions for that that's probably true um but i think that's one of the things things about engagement with that site is that you can engage with it on any level. You can just like, you could really just read the headlines and come away smiling. Um, I have found personally that click holes, uh, content is, is more consistently worth actually looking at. Yeah. Even when, when like in 1995, I was in college at one of the handful of schools that was near enough to the University of Wisconsin that it got the paper onion. Mm. Like oh, before, wow. like the onion tried thing. to launch a website in 1995 and it just was an abysmal failure. Like no one went to it and it was like, Oh, well, I guess the web is not ready for this. And then like three or four years later, the onion.com is suddenly like the hot shit. Right. It was just like, we, we got physical copies in Boston. So there was at some there was some point at which it yeah it, no it definitely it got, got to the point where you could start subscribing to it but like they would show up in the lobby of no, the yeah dorm like for, no free say, ones like in bundles oh, like did they start did they start like I don't know what year it was yeah. but there was definitely like just stacks of the onion but even available. when it was in print like you would read the horoscopes because those were always pretty funny 
uh, and you would read the like meat. news in brief, and you would read the man in the street right, thing, the and comics. you would read the red meat, and then yeah. you would you would get high and track down one so you could cut out the five dollar and fifty five cent large Papa John's one topping pizza coupon, or you could just say that you had that coupon and then not too. actually give it to the guy. That's that's an, that's an example of content that's worth clicking through too. What's that? The the what do you think the men in the streets stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those were always really good because they were just like single line jokes. Yes. So yes. exactly. It, like if you are presenting a set of six individual sentences, they all have to be funny. If you're writing like a couple page article, you need five funny sentences and then a bunch of filler. I like wonder it's if the photographer for that photo set gets paid royalties every, <laughs> every, every <laughs> single time. Yeah. Who are those people? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's, that's also a, a good question. Where are they now? Yeah, <laughs> oh, that, would be, that would be a great actual article. Like, yeah, where are you now, man on the street? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's just six answers. Uh, I so I played. What I learned today is that there's apparently more than one company with the Shadowrun license because a new Shadowrun game came out today. Today, uh, yeah, uh, called Shadowrun Chronicles. Boston Lockdown and it is just a it is it is weirdly like simultaneously more polished and less lovingly created than the Harebrain Schemes Shadowrun games it is like just a tactical RPG right it's it is just the like combat parts of an XCOM and it's nice and the graphics are nice and everything is like in real nice uh, you know high detail 3D but then like the VO is kind of terrible there's a lot more items and stuff which is cool but the interface is worse it's weird I don't know who made it I never heard anything about it until suddenly it showed up in my list of Steam recommendations and it's like oh this is like a Shadowrun game where you Got some cyber dudes shooting some other dudes and like weird dogs. I guess maybe there's weird dogs. Did you did you back the other Shadowrun Kickstarter? Yeah, the Hong Kong. Yeah. Okay. I am content to just get like give them money as long yeah, as they keep making certain, games. There are certain outfits that I trust that k- just keep doing Kickstarters. Well, and they like they delivered. Like yeah. Shadowrun was the was the most sort of like well managed on time reasonable Kickstarter that yeah. I think I have ever backed. No, totally. Mm. And, uh, like, Stegmeier Games is another, like, that that made Viticulture. Like, I just, they keep sending, they keep doing Kickstarters for quality products that they then deliver what they said they were going to deliver on a reasonable timescale. That just becomes their business model. Which I, and I'm entirely fine with that. Like, I just, like, I've bought stuff from them that I didn't want just because, like, you know, I'll just be a customer of you guys. Like, you seem cool. The the Shadowrun, who who was it who made the Shadowrun RPG, the Kickstarter one? Harebrained Schemes. I'm surprised that that game didn't just sell well enough to fund the next game. It might have. They just they did so well by the Kickstarter the first time that why wouldn't you do it again? The Hong Kong yeah, one okay. went apeshit. Like people will pay attention to a Kickstarter in a way that they will not pay attention to the release of a video game or yeah. a, or a traditional pre or rather a pre-order scheme. It's exactly. super mm-hmm. it's super weird, man. I like how did this game how did this game just suddenly materialize without my having known about it at all? In spite of being a person who is like into that property and who spends like an hour a day staying on top of video game news. <laughs> like, it's fucking nuts. There's just too much of it now. 
Man, I don't even know. You can't even be a renaissance man about video games. No, you just can't. <laughs> Do you think there are too many video games? No. No, I don't think there's. I any think there's such too many video games for one pe- person to play. Yeah, ever, I think there's not enough time. or even know about. Oh, that's been true for a really yeah. long time, though. Yeah, I wonder if you could map the point at which it was no longer possible to read every book, see every TV show, watch every movie, play every game. I think it would. I mean, I think you could estimate those times within a hundred years pretty readily, <laughs> right? But the book um, one a little trickier. Sure, maybe. yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but still, I think there was actually a, a what if of the XKCD guy. I think he actually did a what if on like, um, what what when did uh, people writing novels outpace the ability to read to novels? Read right. Wow, this uh, this table is causing all kinds of problems. What with me kicking it and glasses rattling together because of the bass from the nearby band. Boy, you know what is oh, not true in Arizona the is there's not like a band playing next to my house all the time. Riff, can you hear the band? No. Yeah, I think the listeners. It always shows up it. on. The, I mean. Maybe it is just because I do such a fantastic you job of editing it I think, into I think circus you music. <laughs> you do a high pass filter on that thing. Yeah. You cut out my glorious lows, but that's fine. Oh man, I also played a game, and this I learned about uh, just from following Michael Bro on Twitter. Uh, Diego Kath. Uh, he goes by Diego Kath. Yeah. Uh, the guy who made Amber Halls and. Fields of Dreams, Color no. Fields. What was that other game Power called? Power something. Power. Company? Power Grounds. Power Grounds. Power Grounds. Anyway, he made a game called Arcane Tower, which is fucking impossible to Google because it's the name of a thing from Warcraft. Oh. But also, it's an iPhone game that's really good. It is. It is the since Hoplite, it is the most eight six eight like game that I have found. It is a. It is a very simple grid based. Like, you're a wizard. It looks a lot like Power Grounds. Yeah, but it's not. It's 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 much more comprehensible. Like, your moveset and the things that you're doing is much more comprehensible. Like, you, you can move. You can bump a wall to absorb the power in that wall. Okay. Uh, which you can do that three times per level. Oh, so that's like, that's the 868 hacking. That's the 868 it causes time to pass. I guess siphoning also causes mm-hmm. time to pass. But your primary way of, like avoiding damage from monsters is figuring out a way to navigate and then use absorbing a wall as a way of causing time to pass for enemies but not you i see but then there's a bunch of like by by grabbing things out of walls you get spells that you can cast like charges of like a fireball which just hits anything on a parallel with you or a teleport which just moves you to anywhere or a thing that makes a little clone of you that then also moves along with you and lasts four turns and does damage as though it was you. Um, it's really good. I I purchased it and downloaded it while we were on this yeah. Skype call while you were talking. It's got like it's just his his graphics are like his like just visual aesthetic is I really like it a lot. Do you? It's like super straightforward. It's yeah, like, it's really it's really not, it's just really really simple yeah. like shapes made out of construction paper. I still play from time to time Amber Halls. I had a really good run two days ago or whatever where I like got the eggplant really early and then 
got to the secret level and got a really high score. Like it was a little too abstract for me. This one is a little like this one's like, hey, you're just a wizard guy. Huh. There's more. It's a bigger grid, right? And more different kinds of enemies. This was it was apparently some sort of like weird trilogy of games. I don't know if they were r- related more. I than mean, it's just- weird. It's weird though. Like this is a trilogy where one of them was a Ludum Dare game that I spent thirty six hours on, and the other two, like one of them I did in a week, one of them I did in thirty six hours, and one of them I did in like the four months since then. Like, okay, I guess that's a trilogy. <laughs> no, but like I think, like I think the plan is to now move on to some other sort of design, some other paradigm. kind of game. Yeah. Well. Good luck to you, Diego Cathars Villanueva. It's Hispanic and long. <clears throat> you guys want to talk about this assignment? Sure. Out there, Omega Edition. Yeah, I think that's for the best. Let's um, let's just roll a die, and if it comes up one, just end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you mean you said this if, game. If it comes up one, we get to continue the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, okay. You said this game was like FTL without the combat. Yeah, or kind of like 80 days plus the resource. Well, 80 days had some resource management. I think that was apt because when I played FTL, I was like, the way you get good at this game is clearly you get good at this combat system that I don't care about. Um, And when I played out there, I was like, this game has no combat system and I have no idea how to get good at it. Yeah. (laughs) There's some real dull, exploity bullshit you can do yep. to dramatically increase your chances of success, and it's oh, really? fucking terrible. Oh, I played look. one game doing the thing that Kevin and a guy in our forums discovered, uh, and man, oh man, did, was it not fun. What was it? <laughs> Always when- only probe for one fuel at a time. It's not. That's not entirely... Oh, it's not like, entirely the truth, but it's that will serve you very, very because, well because of the way that probing like, for fuel handles depth round, of one handles rounding. Yep, always go with a depth uh, of one over and over and over and over and over you, again, you will, okay. and then you will always have plenty of fuel. Well, not always. Sort of, yeah. So yeah, I, I believe, and a lot of people, a lot of people have argued. Well, okay, in reading the Steam forums, a lot of people. A lot of people posit the same problem that I've posited, and then a lot of people are like, fuck you, you just don't know how this game works. It's perfect the way that it is. It's just challenging. I believe that the resource management game is kind of fundamentally broken. Yeah, it's tuned way because, too hard. Because everything takes fuel. Like, literally everything takes yeah. fuel at multiple stages. It becomes not interesting balancing the things against it like i never once had to even think about oxygen in the, the 10 or 15 the two or three games, games that i got that the I farthest played. i died because i ran out of oxygen that's weird so okay so i mean maybe that happens eventually but like it seriously like i never had to think about it at all it was always just a, a huge waste of space very very occasionally i would die because i ran out of iron and mm-hmm. couldn't survive like landing on a planet, but one thing that happened to me a fair amount was just not realizing I was low on hull, and I wasn't even that low. 
But you you hit something that took more than you had. Yeah, yeah because yeah, you don't think just, like, oh, it says so this, this is going to be a dangerous roll. landing. Yeah, you don't think, oh, be, that's going to take ninety percent of my hit points. Yeah, no. this is. But the, sometimes like, it does. Every every time you need to farm fuel, it's I have not seen one that didn't at least say risky and then lose a oh, third yeah. to a half of my maximum iron. Oh no, it's never that. No, it totally is. It's it's, not, yes. No, that's not the range, but that's the upper range. That's huh. the upper range, like, which I definitely lost like forty percent. Like I, I genuinely, orbit. honest to God, feel like I started games of this where there was just straight up, no matter what I had done, no way for me to survive like three systems. You say that, but you were only probing for fuel once for a long time. Okay, that's true. I didn't know that it. I didn't know that you could do it more than once, right? Because I, mean, I saw you could do it more than once, that? but it seemed like you you hit the diminishing returns real fast. It didn't seem worthwhile to do it more than a couple of times. I mean, well, I say that not I say that not knowing <laughs> about the depth of one trick. Yeah, yeah. The um, the I I feel like it would have a much better design to make it so that you ca- you can only probe once. Sure. No, there, there are a bunch of things, a bunch of choices, I think, that would have made this way more playable and fun. And I honestly, I would have liked an easy mode setting, for sure. example, that was any number of very simple tweaks could have done this. Like, give me twice as much space in the ship yeah. would have would have made all the difference for me in, in just enjoying the game because I could have built whatever systems I wanted. I could have collected the resources. It still would have been a resource management game, but I wouldn't have had to constantly be like making hard decisions about what what uh, technologies I wanted yeah, to build because which, which, which I didn't have room for that. Or which to drop, not knowing what blueprint exactly. you're going to get next. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, yeah. so... It occurs to me that because everybody has a different idea of why the game is too hard, maybe that means it's perfectly balanced in terms of difficulty where all of these things are creating the same amount of but difficulty, you're right? Not, but you're not like getting into it. Like people, like we are all sort of kind of writing it off because it was too challenging like all of us, I think, would have enjoyed playing. I would a game not that say was, that it was too challenging, right? Like it, if well, but but challenging. I mean, like you were constantly running out, running out of fuel. I was constantly frustrated by like having to like make all of these just hard decisions. Isn't even the right thing. Like like having to just discard resources, not knowing what was going to be useful in the future, all the time. And this was even after getting a ship that was larger than the starting ship, you know. I was talking yeah. to, like, Paolo was, was he? I, I talked to him a couple days ago, and he was like, I've been playing along with the assignments for the past few shows. And he was like, I had one game of Out There where, like, in the first section, I found a great big ship. And then that was the best that I ever did. And so then every game after that, he just was like, scummed was it. like I'm just not going to play this anymore because the right thing to do to win is to keep restarting until <laughs> you get lucky early. Yeah. And like, I'm with him on that. Like, yeah, it's that's. Yeah. I, just, I don't I, consider I could it, not like, point to anything specific that I did that seemed like a bad choice. Like I, I right. don't, I don't or know anything, what or, I would do to become better at this game. Yeah. Or anything that you learned. Yeah. That's the, well, so as player knowledge, I now know what the aliens are saying most of the time, because I had, a, I play I had to play through where I basically, 
learned all the words, right? So now I know what the form of all the alien things are, and I can I have a better chance of guessing whether I should say yes or no. Oh, those mm. aren't randomized, like a roguelike. Well, the, they are they randomized might be, per but playthrough, but the sentences, sentence structures are more or less. Yeah, the same there's only even without knowing any of them, you start to recognize like. You know, there's a sort of like an A B A B one, and then you get right. either approve or disapprove, and then like they're either going to ask you for something or not. Yeah, uh, like so. There's a, there's a lot of ways that that helps. There's, I mean, obviously the like sort of exploity things. There's like the exploity knowing- things like don't count though. Like if like oh, I've learned that the way that you the way to not have to worry about fuel all the time is to do this tedious ass bullshit. Well, sure that. Like doesn't knowing count that as black holes ha- basically never have planets around them. Like that's a thing that you learn. That so that's sure that's true. Is there anything else that you can generalize based on the kind of star that it is? Yeah, I think I mean yellow stars tend to have better stuff that I have found. Yellow, yellow, and red stars are are better in terms of having resources than blue and white. But uh, you should always take a new ship. And use it to explore for a while. And then, like, even if you're not going to use that ship in the long term, you could, you can, as long as you, like, plan carefully, you can almost always get back to where you started and pick up your old ship. And you have learned a bunch of stuff and or gotten some new resources that you can then transfer to your old ship. Right. right so that's a thing. Because bur- they come with full, full fuel tanks. Exactly. And some, like, sometimes the best ships for exploring are those little bullshit tiny ships that don't have any extra room because they can tra- they're like super efficient right like they can go for a really long distance because they use practically no oxygen or fuel and so you can sort of zip around and see a bunch of stuff get through all the random encounters that might be harmful on that ship and then go it, back and that stuff is doubly frustrating because it seems like there are systems to mitigate all of these things there are upgrades that you can get to mitigate all of these problems yep. but it is so unreliable like the process of acquiring them is also not a thing you can do on purpose, which, you know, that doesn't yeah. bother me in Spelunky. Like sometimes you don't get a jackpot, a jetpack and sometimes you do. And that's right. a huge, but in sometimes Spelunky, you, don't get you jump, always but... feel like you can do things on yeah. purpose. Yes. That is, that is, there's, there's very little planning that I felt like I could do. I mean, that. and that's sort of a feature of explicitly turn-based games right is that there is always going to be less player skill because there are always sort of fewer moment to moment like micro consequences of of action right like an action game just has a granularity of things being able to go wrong or go right that a that a game where it's basically just an extremely complicated choose-your-own-adventure, right? There's only so much you can do. Yeah. The best game I had, I had, like, tons and tons of technology, and my ship was not one of the super large ones, but it was, like, larger than the starting ship, and I had a bunch of useful tech on it. But, like, again, like, I only had, after building all that, I only had three or four additional cargo spaces to carry stuff and so it was really hard to prioritize those and you can get a thing that like tells you what the planets are in each system from a distance you can mitigate like you know as you increase your power and your ecosystem you use less fuel and oxygen to do everything right so those resources last a lot longer as you increase the 
resistance, you take less damage from stuff. So that's also super potentially valuable. Um, this is like, the, like uh, I think it was Doglord420 that was saying like the, they won a game their first time because they happened to get a ship that had the probe that lets you get, get stuff from fuel a, out of fuel the, the star. Yeah. So you're just always able to get fuel in every system. Um, so... I found a I found a ship once that was filled with frozen colonists. Yeah, and then it sets a goal way beyond the yep. normal goal. Oh wow! Yeah. So, uh... like there, are the, I, I would in that in the longest game I have played, I had four different systems marked as important. I only got to one of them, and it was just all planets I couldn't land on because they were all enemy planets. Yeah, and I think in that one you have to have the space seed or whatever that you put in the sun to destroy that like you have to destroy the civilizations it seems like it yeah i don't know i like because i found that once and had nothing to do with it you found like it was like oh this thing will eradicate all life in a system and then you found a system that had a bunch of life in it that needed eradicating so i I don't have a feeling that that you got a brand new pair of roller skates and i got a brand new key in our respective playthroughs but uh (laughs) I I I liked the game. I just I wished that I could have seen more of it before getting kind of frustrated with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I like they could keep everything as it is, but then just make an easy setting for people that are kind of wimps like us that aren't willing to learn all of the like all of the subtle niceties that you have to. to I don't think to, valuing our time makes us wimps. Uh, okay, I think maybe it does. I think I think a time bully would come and push us into the sand. Give me your lunch time. Yep. Uh, Riff, what are we doing for the next assignment? Uh, we are playing Lisa, which is on Steam and is apparently a side-scrolling RPG that combines comedy with really horrible moral choices. So that'll Lisa, be fun. RPG.com? think i feel um, like it's a difficult thing to google for if you don't yeah i just saw it on uh, steam i don't know what i'll it's link to the i'll is. link to the to the steam thing that's yeah. that's what i do okay okay i'm curious i know nothing about this game and neither does anyone else Yep. sometimes we just pick a random thing that looks kind of interesting we need to get that google doc shared with jim so that we can all start brainstorming Oh yeah, assignments that will actually prompt reasonable discussion. You know, one thing that yeah, we didn't do I'm last always time fix this problem it's me. was talk about <laughs> early access. Our feelings about early access. Oh, right, yes, on Steam in general. I have had super mixed results with it. Yeah, like Crypt of the Necrodancer was a totally playable, enjoyable game in early access that I would not have a problem recommending to people. And there are other games that I have purchased early access that I'm. I don't know that I would recommend to anybody and I don't like, you know, I'll have to go back to them after they are more complete to know whether they are actually worth exploration. I think the variation you see in early access, a lot of it comes from like, it's the, the state that games are in like a year before release is naturally not very much like something you would want to play. And so I think it's kind of cool that people get to see that and get a better sense of what games look like over the course of their development. But also, like, the the games that people really like on early access are the ones where the developers 
didn't make the game that way. They made the game such that it actually would be fun to play a year before right. release, and they right. polished like the beginning of the game. Um, and so those are those two goals are kind of at odds. Um, but yeah, it, it can be done well and poorly. I personally tend to like. And I worry about this with Starcrawlers, because that's a game that I was really excited about. And I wish that there had just been a point where this game is out and now you can play it. But as it stands, like, they'll release a new build to early access every once in a while. And I'll play a little bit of it. And I'm like, ah, I don't really want to get super into this because I want to play the full version when it's done. But I probably just won't. Well, how do you feel about Minecraft, right? Like, we played that in a super early version where you know you couldn't even take damage and that was fun and then yeah they kept adding systems like it, it's it it was not an early access game exactly but it was just a game that was going to be in continual development forever. i mean we played world of warcraft a billion patches ago you know and they were constantly right. changing it we like you know we we played it through or um, you you your experience of it was a little more contiguous than mine I okay. think like the world of Warcraft that you played over the entirety of the time that you were playing world of Warcraft was more the same game than sure. it has been for somebody who's just been kind of poking in like me or riff yeah. over 10 years. <sighs> Minecraft was a whole thing, right? It wasn't like there weren't just chunks of it missing. When we first started, it was, there were definitely parts that weren't that were obviously meant to be there that weren't there like what taking damage uh okay right like you could just drop from the highest place in the game and and be fine and landing and like that was a major transition that was only in multiplayer that that was true and it was just because the multiplayer server like i i that that sort of felt like a quasi unsupported thing that was minecraft classic the the multiplayer like the the building stuff only version that was the free version for a no, while there no, just was... it took there was some lag in implementation of features in the multiplayer server from I, I never player. played single player so right. i don't even know so i mean you could take damage. like basically the multiplayer server for a long time our our first like minecraft multiplayer experience that we really got into and a bunch of us played there weren't monsters yeah. Like survival mode multiplayer had not been implemented yet they hadn't they hadn't made it so the server of a multiplayer server could spawn monsters that feels different to me than I mean, like that, that was my experience of the game sure right? sure so sure that's all but I, I mean that feels to. different to me than like and you know they did sell us that but they didn't like say like ah oh, here's this multiplayer game right that like the community kind of decided that minecraft was primarily a multiplayer game Okay. They were like, hey, here's this thing that we sort of support, and you have to be like a super Unix dweeb to even think about engaging with this aspect of it. And it's just like a weird thing you got to seek out and download on your own. Sure. You know? It, like, there's a part of me that kind of misses the thing the time when you knew about all the games that were going to come out and then there was a point where they came out and then they were just out and that, like you that is frustrating like me talking about crypto the necrodancer i feel weird because if you cared at all you probably already had it yeah. it's not like it had a hard launch now that it's like this way more polished experience yeah uh, i mean i do i yeah. do and i i think that generally like the thing that you just 
And this is why I'm terrified about this for our new game. Like, I kind of think that we should just ignore everyone who tells us the way that independent studios need to market and promote games now, because it just seems crazy to Even me. Even the Sunless Sea folks? For... Because I feel like you feel like they're the closest thing to us in the... I am curious whether they would recommend early access or doing a Kickstarter. Because I think he explicitly recommended not doing a Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. Right? They were going to go out of business if they didn't get some money to make that. Like, they were almost out of business. Right? And... You know, Jim, I remember talking to you about this and, and, and talking to, to, to Maya Kramer, who just works with a lot of indie studios and helps yeah. them through this stuff. And almost invariably, the situation that you are in as an indie developer is if you don't make a shitload of money at the minute that the game launches, <laughs> you have to go back to a day job. Yeah. And not being in that situation, like having these just like, set of soft launches leading up to just the wet fart day that your game comes out doesn't seem like the right thing. Like, because like if I was going to pick a day for their, for the internet to be talking about the thing that I made, it would be the day when that thing was the best version of itself. Yeah. I feel like early access is either for companies that need the money right now which kind of sucks or for things like dwarf fortress and Minecraft, where it really is like, it's not early right. in which case early access is a bad name for it. Yeah. Huh. Right. It's more like continuous development. Um, I'm excited to see like, uh, the dwarf fortress guys set up a Patreon and it's oh, at, good. It's at like, it was at like 16 or 1700 bucks a month, like 12 hours in a game yeah. that made me pretty could really benefit from community feedback is also a viable Option. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But you can also just handle that by like just having an extensive beta test. Yeah, but this is a way to monetize a beta test, basically, right? right yeah. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. Really? I mean, are, are you are you talking about your own game now? No, no, I'm not. I'm what I'm saying is like your your diehard fans instead of just giving them all copies. Yeah. Let them let them give you fifteen bucks or whatever, and. And let them play a game that, that you explicitly say is not finished. And like that. I mean, Jason Rohrer's deal is like you, it costs more. Yeah. Exactly. To get in early. And, and I mean, that's, yeah. I think that's a totally viable. That's kind option. of the, that's the like Kickstarter model for it, right? Like you get at this tier, you get the game at this tier, you get beta access. Jason Rohrer is actually the opposite. He was, it costs less to get in early and it will never be less than this. Oh, really? Yeah. Castle Doctrine was the cheapest it will ever be before launch, and we'll oh. never put it on sale. Okay, I just got it backwards then. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's so. it's the norm that games go down in price. Yeah. 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 I think I just bought a combo pack of Far Cry 3 and another and an entire other AAA game for $5. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay... There's like, a humble bundle that's like every Might and Magic game, um, which you can just get for a dollar. Like, yep. Now, someone on the forums pointed out, I don't remember the name. Sorry, uh, pointed out that when 
top grossing when the top grossing list uh was introduced on the iOS store uh it was in order to give more attention to the games that cost more than 99 cents right yeah it was pre free to play before that was apparently a thing yeah, yeah. cuz in-app purchase was a was a feature that they added a couple of years after that probably so there was no such thing as a free-to-play game that was like monetized in a meaningful way on iOS, at least. I, mean, I don't want to get all old man yells at cloud about this stuff, right? More like because, but yeah, <laughs> man. But it's just it, but early so access. <laughs> early access has really it has diminished my experience. You wonder of a Sorry. lot of things. It's, yeah. it's diminished your experience. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Why not just be a person who says, I'm just not going to do early access, right? Yeah, no, like, I should. I, they try, I feel like they try to signpost that this is a thing that you you maybe don't want to get involved in. Mm-hmm. This is yep. really, this is, no, this is for diehard fans. I managed to do whatever. that with Wasteland 2. Like, I had ac- I had early access yeah, to Wasteland yeah. 2, and I was like, I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to play and this until it's out. And you played the entire game. Just going to wait. Because you waited until the finished yep. product. I still yeah. haven't played Wasteland 2. <laughs> Ah, god damn! Do it. You'd lo- you'll love it. Uh, Me either. Maybe we I should do an assignment. Have two games on deck. I'm still f- I'm still playing through Pillars of Eternity slowly. Mm. I'm in Act Three. How many yeah, acts I guess are I there? I, three or four, I think. It was twenty five or thirty hours to get through Wasteland Two. So I like if we did decide to do that as an assignment, I would play it again. <laughs> wow. I wouldn't finish it probably. No. Man, video I wish, games. I wish people just made games and didn't run out of money in the middle of making a game. I mean, I think that's just the problem, right? Like, it takes more time and money to make a game than you think it's going to, no matter how much you think it's going to take. Yeah. And so now that sort of like crisis mode failure is within the reach of everyone <laughs> to do, <laughs> and that's why we've got the scene we've got now like it's a disaster but it's a disaster that's making so many awesome video games for no fucking money there's never been a better time to be a consumer yeah yep hey kevin if uh, one of our consumers gets this podcast for free wanted to support us by giving us a review or a rating on iTunes, they would go to iTunes to do that. So I didn't need to involve you in this sentence at all. That's but fine. if they wanted to send us a <laughs> listener's mail question, how would they do that? The best way would be go to go to our website, uh, videogameshotdog.com. Uh, there is a form there where you can put questions and comments in. And we will read them. And now we read them basically every week at the top of the show. Yeah, that's that's been that's new that's policy. Been pretty it's pretty a good. pretty good idea. I like yeah. it. So, Zach... You might have looked at the iTunes listings recently. Are we do we have a different do we have a different rate ranking now? Are we higher or lower? I don't know. I I want to know. Yeah, well, because your presence here has got to have boosted us at least a hundred points. A hundred in the uh, past at least, week, at least a thousand percent. I'm gonna guess two hundred and forty-eight. That's my guess. 251. Oh, I was very close. Wow, Riff was pretty, pretty close. Good. Nice. 248 is the Dex exclamation point podcast. Huh. Dex? Like D-E-X? Yep. Oh, shit. Video Games Hot Dog says Kevin, Zach, and Riff. 
Uh oh. Fuck, that's the problem. I should <laughs> change the I should change the feed metadata. Oh man. All right, guys. Uh, I've also, had a great time recording episode number 196 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. Listeners, Kevin has something to say. I just feel real bad for you because I feel like this is an episode where you're going to have to edit the fuck out of it. Ah, it's not going to be that bad. I'll just ignore most of the problems. I'm sorry. Listeners, I hope you'll come back next time. And until you do, Anyways. keep your stomach in the coffee maker and keep sniffing the garbage can. I'm just surprised that Kevin was first on that list of list of the cast members. Was I? It's alphabetical. Is it? Oh, okay. Oh, KRZ. That's fair. You'll be first. Yeah. Whoa. Which I think is probably fair. You're probably you're probably the most important of all of us. <laughs> JKRZ no longer sounds like a radio call sign. Hmm. Like KJRZ does. Yeah. You're listening to the Jers. <laughs> KJRZ, New Jersey. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Good night. I'm Zach. I'm Jim. I'm Kevin. And I'm the table. <laughs> Introduce oh, myself. Okay. He, he was, Riff was not recording. Thumpity thump.